Good morning. My name is Stephen Riley. I'm lead pastor here at Living Waters Church. I've got more pages than normal in my notes. I've got a lot to get through today. So you guys kind of hold on and put on your listening ears, and I'll pray for you in a moment uh, for that and, uh, and pray for myself. Uh, we're in a series of a series. We're in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And those three chapters are all read in your red-letter edition of your Bible. And uh, because it's just Jesus, it's just Jesus talking. And uh, we're in chapter 7. And back in the uh, ancient times of Israel, uh, as recorded in the Old Testament, there were certain times when the people were gathered together in the temple, and there'd be thousands of people there, and they would read God's Word, and they would stay standing as they read God's Word. And it would be uh, uh, sometimes all day. I don't know how they did that, but they, it would be all day, and... And uh, so I'm not going to do that to you, but I am going to ask you and to honor God's Word and to stand in just a moment as we're going to read this passage in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to, through 23. It's a pretty long passage, almost the whole chapter. You might want to turn there in your Bibles and, or online, get, uh, get your Bibles out uh, off, the, off the coffee table or out of the bedroom or get your phone up and your app up. And follow along with me. The words will be on the screen. So let's honor God's word by standing as I read Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 23. Jesus says, verse 1, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eyes, but not, do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take a speck out of your eye, and behold, a log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. And it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a snake. Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and heavy, uh, it is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So when you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and In your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your powerful word, your eternal word, the word that transforms our lives. May our ears be open to your Holy Spirit and what you have for us today. And may... My words be led by your spirit as I ask for your guidance today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So last week's message was entitled, To Judge or Not to Judge. And it was really this message too. It's it's really a part one, part two, sandwiched together message. So I'm going to spend a little time going back over last week because I need that context to help us get through the content today. So Jesus is, is saying, listen, if you're going to judge, then you need to do it 
be careful because you're going to be judged back in the same measure, in the same way. So it's a good hint from Jesus is be gracious and be merciful to others so they will be back to you. But he goes on about this log in your eye and a speck in the other person's eye. So in general, we just need to humble ourselves, admit that we have areas of weakness, and help ourselves first to get that log out of our eye before we help someone else with the speck in their eye. And God wants us to help others, but he wants us to do it humbly and with authenticity. Because we do make judgment calls every day. We make decisions all the time. And he said in John 7, 24, he said, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And so that's a prayer for you to pray, God, help me make decisions and discern things with righteous judgment. Last Sunday's message, I focused on a specific area that's very real in our current day. And I I focused on an area... Uh, uh, regarding protecting children's innocence. That the LGBTQ agenda that focuses on transgender uh, message is a confusing message to children. In fact, I believe it's so confusing. I believe that it is uh, intended that way in the spiritual forces of evil. That gender confusion is a is a accurate term. That that term is one that's is really what's happening. That that is demonic voices are speaking confusion over children and young adults. And I went through scripture last week and I encourage you to listen to that uh, message we have it online uh, in order to uh, get the truths from God's word because in reality you are not a mistake but you are beautifully made. And you can be set free from confusion in your mind and heart by the truth of the Lord Jesus. And in Christ, we, in Christ, we have an identity as God's daughter or God's son. And this identity is one that will last forever for eternity. It starts now and it lasts forever. It's so deep. It's so powerful. And so that was a difficult message to do i was trying to show from god's word but also his from god's heart of compassion that even if you disagree with someone as our vision says be abandoned to god and compassionate toward people that is the way the cross uh is is made that we're abandoned to god vertically in our heart and our spiritual worship to him but our arms reach out to, the, to, to everybody, all people, and we're compassionate toward people, all people. This next verse, Matthew 7, verse 6, has a sense of, of turning a corner here from what we just went through in, in verse 1 through 5. Because Jesus says in verse 6, Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, uh, my son Michael is a pet lover. And uh, he's been living in Chicago. He's been in, in, a, in his uh, now a couple years out of college and living uh, now in Chicago and has a roommate and so forth. And he just got himself a dog recently. And we were up there this past week for a few days touring Chicago, seeing his place where he lives, and meeting Penny. We had to come up to meet Penny. And she is. She's cute. She's adorable and sweet. And what a, what a great dog. What a great companion. So, you know, the dogs that Jesus is referring to here is not little pennies, okay? Or your cute little pooch, whatever the name is of your little dog at home, okay? But dogs in those days, they weren't usually pets. They were often uh, would go around in herds and packs and and, uh, and they would be, you know, looking for food and, and, uh, and be, could be uh, dangerous and so forth. And so it looked like Jesus saying, listen, you know, don't judge lest you be judged. You know, have compassion, etc. And then he says, but look, don't throw your pearls before swine. And what's holy before dogs? Because they could just, just tromp, trample on it and, and just waste 
really your time, energy, and maybe your heart. And that is a risk we take, that sometimes God will show us this is not the right time to share with this person. It's, I'm working on them, but this is not the right time. I believe God is trying to get a right time for that heart to be soft, for that heart to be open, for that heart to receive. And he's saying, listen for me and my leadership and that timing. If you were there last Sunday's message, I'm going to hit on this briefly, but I went in more detail that I have uh, really a focus in this two-part series about my concerns with the far left, the extreme left of our nation. And I was trying to picture to you that this is not about a political party. It's not about an election coming up. This is something that's happening in the heavenlies that is causing, like I said, confusion and other deceptions to draw people away. I believe that the Democratic Party and what we know as kind of classic traditional liberals in America are, are stunned by this. They, they don't know what to do right now. And I'm looking for, and I believe it will happen, that more Democrats will actually stamp and stand up and say, you're, you're too far left. You're, you're radical. You're extreme. You've gone out of the American way. This is not of our interest. And we're going to see more of that, and I'll mention a little bit of it today later on in this message. But I believe that in general, over the history of our country, we have had a balance of conservative liberal in our government and our culture that the, the big eagle of America could fly and, of course, it would sway and there would be tension and there would be kind of go back and forth conservative liberal at times depending on what administration was leading. But right now, there's such a far left uh, momentum happening in our country that the eagle is, is diving and it's, it's having a hard time flying. So I want to go in this next verse and then focus in on some very specific things here in this message. Verse 13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Teenagers in middle school and high school, this is often what you feel with what we call peer pressure. Well, you know, everybody's doing it and everybody's going and doing this, this thing or going to this party and doing this whatever this weekend or whatever. And that feel, that tug and pull is, well, guess what, teenagers? It doesn't go away. Because <laughs> we'll feel it too. In the workplace or the community, wherever we're involved, there's this, this drift, there's this momentum going in the direction that the, the, the way of the world goes and, it, 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 and right now, they can feel that everybody wants to experiment with their, their uh, a, a gender identification and experiment, are you lesbian or are you not, or what is it, what's going on? Let me tell you, everyone's not doing it. Everyone's not searching. That is just a perception. It's a feeling, but it's not everyone. And there is a narrow way. In this next verse that I'm going to read, I believe Jesus connects what I just read about the wide path, the narrow path, and he connects it to this agricultural image about fruit trees. Ancient Israel had a lot of fruit trees. They had fig trees. They had palm trees. They had olive trees. I I guess, or dates trees. Do you get dates from trees, date trees? I know I've eaten them in Israel. They're good. They have grapevines in Israel. And so this agriculture picture, and I believe what he's saying is the wide path is linked to bad fruit. And this is my subtitle for today's message. It's looking for the fruit. Looking for the fruit. So in verse 15 through 23 of Matthew 7, Jesus says this. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I do believe that many of the messages that are confusing today are sheep's and wolves' clothing. It sounds so good, it looks so good, but it's actually more dangerous and deceptive than it is. But I want to make a comment first about the church. Then in 2020, we had a couple, and I'm, I'm sure there were a lot more than a couple, but a couple very well-known leaders, ministers in the body of Christ, that fell and fell hard. And so there's this passage looms at us when Ravi Zacharias, who died of cancer in May of 2020 and a couple of months later had accusations and evidence and then they did a whole investigation on his sexual abuse in a number of places around the world, a systematic pre-planned manipulation of women. Ravi Zacharias was the most well-known apologist and preacher to, to articulate the gospel and debate the truths of God's word. It was a total shock even to his family members. I listened to Ravi's daughter, Sarah, CEO of the or, ministry organization, and her apology was so sincere, and she even confessed her own weaknesses and mistakes in the process and and she just really spoke well of for restoration in their lives and ministries so you might ask me well uh you know pastor Stephen, is is he one of those that uh you know will jesus will say i never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness i mean there he was he was had ministry gifts of preaching and, and people getting saved, all these gifts of speaking. And surely, let me tell you folks, the gifts of the Spirit and ministry gifts aren't necessarily fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness and character. That's not the same as the gifts of the Spirit of prophecy, working miracles, uh, uh, healing the sick, casting out demons. It's shocking to me that it can work that way but it can that someone who be so successful in ministry gifts but then fall in their in in, in their character and their relationship with god to a place where jesus said i I never knew you depart from me you practice who you who practice lawlessness so perhaps he was judged in that way at his death but i always believe that Jesus, by His Spirit, is working on a person before they pass away. The moments and seconds before they pass away. And, and as the Scriptures say in Hebrews 9.27, And as much as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment. That God in His mercy and grace by His Spirit is reaching out, giving that person another chance. I was a chaplain for a number of years in healthcare uh, industry and so I was I've been there at the bedside when someone passed away I was there praying for them I was they might have been in a home or been uh, just getting weaker and weaker and I was there and praying for God's spirit to work in his peace I believe God works like that so I don't know what his final decision was before he ultimately passed away I don't make those decisions on anyone. I believe God is always working. Carl Lentz was another leader. He's a pastor of a Hillsong church in New York, growing, impactful church in that city. And he was caught in adultery in November of 2020. He was another... One that he had written a book, I had read it, I really liked it, I heard him speak. It's, you know, Ravi's books and his influence, I mean, they've, they've been used 
over and over again, very powerful people. I hope and pray as their family is still together that Carl and the Lentz marriage and family will be restored and that God would use him in some way. But things like this make me shudder. Lord God, they probably started off great, sincere to serve God with abandonment and and have dreams of being faithful to the Lord and their wives and families are their lives. They probably started great. But some kind of drift, some kind of deception, some kind of thing got them off little by little. Lord, I humble myself. Give me grace. I don't want to say I would never have done that or been like that. Lord God, I need your mercy. I want to be true in the gifts of the Spirit, but also be more true. If, if I'd rather have both, not either or. Let's do both. But I want to be sure I have the character of the fruits of the Spirit in my heart, life, and relationships. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells the story of this Pharisee who's praying with these great words and, and about how many ways he, he uh, obeys God and he does this and he does that, all these great things. But then a little far off, there's this tax collector who can't even uh, look to heaven and he beats his chest and he cries out in verse 13. But the tax collector standing some distance away was unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful merciful to me the sinner and jesus says i tell you that man walked away more justified than the other humility is what god is looking for it's the bedrock of the fruit of the spirit so as i am going to share concerns about what i believe is deceptions and uh evil schemes from the heavenlies, I want to say that the church, we have an issue with sin. That we need to approach all things with humility. I do believe it's a bigger picture. I don't think it's, a, it's just what we see here on the earth. As Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of, the dark, of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Some of the things that are happening in our country and this sense of losing our uh, America and where is it going to go, there's a family here, the Jessies are, are part of a leadership team offering uh, a Faith and Freedom Fellowship event this evening. Uh, that time is 5.30 tonight at the Webb Farm uh, barn, and you can contact them, and they, they have materials and small group kind of ministry ideas to share to encourage you to, to grow in, as, a, as a believer in this unprecedented times in our nation. But today I'm going to just go into it, and I'm going to go into it fast, and I thank you for your your, your willingness to listen, not necessarily agree with me, but to listen and take these things to prayer. Then I'm going to go over where I believe we need to protect from aggressive attacks from the far left. Number one is the unborn. If the Supreme Court does turn over Roe versus Wade, it's going to turn to the states. And states are positioning themselves as we speak, as Virginia and New York has now the most uh, 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 leftist-type abortion laws where, it, 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 where even if they're uh, born, in, born at, the, at the third trimester, they're alive, they can still be aborted. And there'll be a battle in this state. Governor Brashear is positioning himself as a pro-abortion at all costs-type governmental leader. So we need to be ready to protect the unborn in our state. In marriage and family, our country has known for now centuries Judeo-Christian values. That just means from the Hebrew Scriptures of the Old Testament and then the New Testament teachings of Jesus, those principles brought together like the Ten Commandments and 
the Sermon on the Mount, what we're doing, those values keep a community uh, uh, safe and, and working well as community where you treat others like Jesus just said in this passage, uh, like you want to be treated, that golden rule. And things are changing where marriage and family is different. Right now, there's a petition set up for sunrise services. I don't know if you've heard about this. I want you to encourage you, again, to consider, even right now, going to the petition and just Google it, Google it or go to the Facebook page and get the link and sign in. What's happening is for this organization, the Baptist organization has been helping uh, orphans and children in foster care and uh therapeutic counseling now for 150 years. In the last 40 years, they've actually been uh, serving uh, with state funds, with state grants uh, to do certain uh, uh, you know, ministries and things for 40 years. And all the governors has this accommodation to allow because they're so good, they're so willing, and they have over 1,000 children and families they're helping right now. But our Governor Bashir is saying that, no, you've got to comply with the federal regulations, which means that you have to have foster parents and other leaders of same-sex marriage. And then being Christian, being Baptist, they're not willing to go there. And so this petition is to sign it and say, Governor Bashir, continue the accommodations, allow the 1,000-plus children to receive services from this Christian organization. I want to tell you, folks, Memorial Day last weekend, every generation of soldier that died in battles from the Revolutionary War, World War I, World War II, the Vietnam era, they would be turning over in their graves if they heard this was going on. We're a Christian organization who's proven fruitful. Where's the fruit? We've got... 150 years of fruit from this organization, and it's being challenged. What, it's, it's obvious. Let them keep doing what they're doing. As I talked about last week, the children's innocence is really dear to my heart, what's going on here. Well, Stephen, you're getting in that hate speech now. You're coming against the freedom of of people wanting to just change their gender, be transgender. I've listened to too many testimonies of people who have said, I've lived a life in the LGBTQ community lifestyle or transgender, and there's so much pain and suffering in that lifestyle. And I may not fully understand that, but I do understand the effects of sin. And we all understand the effects of sin. Because the sin, my sin, did the same thing that your sin is doing. It's not hate speech. We're saying we understand sin brings misery, sorrow, sorrow, and suffering. Yes, there's a pleasure to some sin for a time, for a season, but it always has a hook. It doesn't last because we, we know in Scripture it's true that, that all have fallen, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all are in the same boat here. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of my sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the undergrounding. This is the foundation of this message last Sunday and this Sunday right here. We've all sinned. And whatever sin it is, it leads us to death and to destruction of our relationships, of our soul, of our spirit. And eventually between our relationship with God. And we will go to hell if we've let the selfishness, the pride, the lust, the greed, the bitterness, the unforgiveness stay in our heart, and we chose that over God. Listen, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. This is not hate speech. This is just another one of those sins that destroys our heart, soul, and where the wages of sin is death. But Jesus paid the price. He took that sin of that sexual perversion sin. He took that selfishness and greed. He took it on the cross. He said, I will pay the price for you. I will receive the punishment for you. And my path, though it's narrow, leads to life. 
through my cross and resurrection. Turn to me, repent of your sins, whatever sins they are. I want to I want to go a little deeper here and be be a little more detailed with this. The results of all sin is death. There are some sins that have more powerful or damaging results to the body and it's out of 1 Corinthians 6:18. It says flee immorality, every other sin that man commits is just outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. All sin will drag us to hell. All sin, no matter small, big, sin, little sins, however you categorize them, categorize them, the wages of sin is eternal death. But there are sins, sexual perversion sins, that destroys your spirit and soul just like all other sins, but also your body. And that, that grieves me. I grieve for you. This, this, is, this is, yeah, the pain and suffering is awful, isn't it? It's awful. God has hope. God has salvation, a rescue on this life on earth and then eternal life. There's there's hope. I want to go quickly through and I'm going to kind of list some things and again, just be patient. Take these things home with you if you would. But freedom of religion and speech is another one that's being attacked. There is a there's a intense um, battle more than we realize of what happens behind the scenes against free speech and free exercise of religion. I ask you, where's the fruit of that? Where's the fruit? I believe again, from Memorial Day, there are men and women who have died for those freedoms. Part of that First Amendment is the right of people to, pe- uh, people to peaceful, peaceably to assemble. Another freedom that's under attack is Israel. Our ally, our proven democratic ally in the Middle East. They've had up to 4,000 rockets sent from Hamas. They initiated that conflict. And yet there are far-left legislators in our government calling Israel a terrorist state or apartheid state supporting terrorism or have war crimes on them. Here, I'm happy to say that four Democratic Jewish congressmen wrote a letter to their party, to those on the far left, and said, this is wrong do not call Israel an apartheid state or a terrorist state. Dean Phillips of Minnesota was the one who led that of the four Jewish Democrats. And I believe we're going to see more of that. That, no, you're just going too far. You're too extreme and radical. That's not the Democratic Party. That's not the American way and our good history that we do have. Number six, we need to protect not only Israel but also law and order. In Seattle, Washington, they've lost 20% of their law enforcement in the last year, year and a half. They have purposely, under the defund police um, movement, have done major budget cuts, and they have more on the table they're discussing. And so I saw an interview with the police officer saying, I don't feel supported, even though I've been here for, he was close to retirement. I'm, I'm leaving. I don't feel support from our leaders and the city council person that they were interviewing said, well, we're taking that money, we're putting it in social programs. And they couldn't even say which social programs. He said, well, crime is up, it's skyrocketing in Seattle. What do you, how do you explain this? What are you going to do about this? Well, uh, you know, we're, it's, it's all going to work out eventually. That's happening in Louisville. There's been um, looking at some of the stats that they have that they're short 255 people of what they 
need and have authorized to have as police. They've lost uh, nearly 190 cops left during the, uh, in, from the Metro Police Department in 2020. And 43 have stepped away since so far in 2021. Uh, the River City Fraternal Order of Police says, I would say that we're in dire straits in our staffing. Folks, where's the fruit of that? In Louisville, homicide is up. Violent crimes are up. I was trying to read the stats, and I, you know, there's so many different kind of charts that look like from a couple years ago. We're twice as high right now than we were just a couple years ago in homicides. Where's the fruit of that? We're losing our logic and common sense. Sure, let's do new social programs. Let's make them more effective. Let's create some new ones that really help uh, some deeper issues. Winfrey Riley is an African-American professor in Frankfurt at Kentucky State University. I've been the only guy I follow on Twitter. And um, I have a couple people on Twitter, but I got on there for, for him. He's written several books. And uh, he's a researcher. He's a scholar. And he says, actually, the research says that it's the poor white man that has most of the stats of violence and police uh, brutality. He says that the greatest stat when you look at is fatherlessness and poverty because those are the two things put together that all the the stats that you're concerned about come back to is fatherlessness and poverty it's not color and he's a black man we need to protect number seven is truth truth and reality we're losing common sense that's why I like this passage that Jesus gave. He said, this is the most logical, common sense guideline, discernment tool that you can have. Look at the fruit. Where's the fruit? We, we see it all around us. We see it in the, in the wheat that we grow. We see it in the grapes and vines. We see it in the trees. Where's the fruit? It's as common sense as you can have it. It's logical. Any age can grab it as soon as you can... It, eat a, a grape, you got it, you, you understand where's the fruit. Either it's a bad tree with bad tr- uh, fruit or a good tree with good fruit. That's as deep as it gets. That's all you need to discern and have wisdom and have my mind. I believe there are four realms, if you give me some more time, four realms that the far left is trying to dominate. More than that, but I want to tell you these four are so critical. One is the corporate realm. The second one is the media entertainment realm. The third one is the government realm. And the fourth one is the educational realm. The first one, the corporate realm, I believe is where it all begins and is the foundation of where the money flows. Because where the money's flowing is where the power is. I believe it's the corporate high-tech world that is where the power is coming from and it's where the money comes from and they're so nice global reset economic forum movement just check out their website list the many corporations around the world partnership together that they because of the pandemic we realize we need a new global reset and if you read it and read about it it's it's more socialism where government takes, gets more involved to the point taking away rights of the people and, and a new economy and a new social system. Oh, they're so nice. They said, we are the corporate leaders of the world and we can help the world. So they have all this money. It's endless money and it's not enough. They want more power and control. We see this now in cancel culture is a real thing. It was just shocking. Even one of our American traditions, pastimes, sports, baseball, is going to have their 
all-star game in Atlanta, Georgia this past season. And because Georgia had just passed some voter reform, they said, oh, we're not coming to Georgia anymore. We're going to move this game somewhere else. Well, it's a free enterprise system, free market economy where you can choose to buy and sell where you want to. And, and, and that's been so refreshing in, in growing up in America where we have this ability as consumers to go buy and sell where we want to. Well, I hadn't thought about it, but I guess uh, the Major League Baseball League, they can choose too. They don't have to go to Georgia. They, they can discriminate on who they think is politically correct or not, and they can just go where they want to. It's not against the law. It feels like they're discriminating against people. It feels like, oh, you can't do that in our economy. Yeah, it's not against the law. We're not a government or anything. Cancel culture. It used to be that, hey, it's, it's just a game. It's entertainment. It's exciting. It's fun. Let's, let's go and enjoy this, this together. It's a family. It's a community. Let's all gather together. No, uh, let's see. We're going to you know, check out uh, who's, where you stand uh, in your uh, views here. The media entertainment industry, their actors and actresses, if they say publicly a conservative view, they're getting their jobs canceled. It was so nice that Facebook just a couple weeks ago decided that the Wuhan evidence is now credible. A year ago, the evidence was there. They said it was conspiracy theory. They have the money and the power to shut off those uh, Facebook posts that referred to it a year ago. Oh, but now it's okay to bring it up. Thank you, Facebook, for you know being our brains for us and tell us what we can listen to and read. I want to be honest, and I'm reading this all over. I have done searches that I've done a few weeks ago, a few months ago. I can't do the same search. I can't find the articles that I, w- I could find a few months ago. There's, there's, there's the Google searches and things. They have parameters, and they cut things out. People are saying, I can't find this anymore. What happened to it? What happened to it? Where they're getting cut out. It's a censorship. Censorship from Facebook, they just want to make a buck, don't they? What are they? What kind of pride and power do they have? They get to choose what to censor. Twitter and YouTube and Google and the rest. Where's the fruit in that? How do people get knowledge and understanding if they're controlling what can be searched? In the governmental realm, I'm listening with trepidation, stories from people who are from Venezuela who grew up there, lived there, have relatives and said, our country had promise, but our leader turned into a socialist country and now crime is up, poverty is up. You don't want to go this route, but that's what it feels like what's happening in America. We're seeing the same things that are happening now happen in our country. Victoria Sparks is from Ukraine, grew up in Ukraine. She lived in socialism. Ukraine's one of the largest countries besides Russia in Eastern Europe, but it's one of the poorest. It's a developing nation. It's the poorest. She grew up there, met an American, ended up getting married to an American, moving to America, becoming a citizen, been a, a Indiana state senator. Now she's in, in uh, Congress in D.C. for Indiana. And she says on her website, the reason I want to be uh, in federal government because I want to help stop socialism in America. She's lived it. She knows what it's like. Franklin Graham has warned us about H.R. 5, saying this Equality Act. Oh, that sounds so good. Sheep, wolves in sheep clothing. Sounds good, Equality Act, where in churches, schools, hospitals could be forced to hire um, 
LGBTQ staff. Anyone could use restrooms, locker rooms, the sporting events of transgender, sporting events, the accreditation colleges of colleges would be at stake. HR1 is a, a set of called the, um, the People's, uh, help me with that, the People's Act, uh, the People's Act, or I can't remember the title of it, HR1. Sounds so good, it's, for the, it's an act for the people. The act for the people. To help them have more access for voting. Well, yeah, it's so easy to vote, and that means it's easy to cheat. Every teacher that's ever taught from all generations of time knows that during quiz time, test time, they've got to have certain rules in place in order to keep cheating from happening. And still those sneaky, really good uh, you know, kids can figure out a little way to get in there and do it. You've got to have precautions. And during, Listen, if there's no precautions that have been there for years and developed and we don't even have that, then voting is going to be so uh, full of, of fraud and cheating. We won't have confidence on who's elected. We won't know if, who was really elected. And that's the starting point of having a democracy and a republic is clear rules that make sure that cheating and fraud couldn't happen during the election. In the educational realm, the 1619 Project is a quest to rewrite history and the critical race theory puts the color of your skin over redemption and change and reformation to the point where it could indoctrinate children to be racist. As children are young, they don't see color. They just love people. Where's the fruit? That principle of life, where's the fruit? like the praise team to come on up and what I'd like to do is actually end with us praying. A take home for us is to do more praying than griping. How easy it is to grumble. I believe this teaching of Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount is is yes, it's true. God does hate evil, but he wants us to love and have compassion with people. And so, yes, we can get angry and let our anger and righteous indignation focus on the evil, or, but not the person if we can, and instead pray for the person. So, Lord, help us when we let the griping at home or during when we're reading something or watching news, let that motivate us to pray. Be a reminder, oh yeah, don't forget to pray. Let me pray for that person that I really disagree with. Let me pray for that person that's... Pray. Number two, I take home is be salt and light everywhere. Be a peacemaker everywhere. To be a person that is abandoned to God and compassionate toward people everywhere. And that that comes through. Our brokenness comes through. Our humility comes through. And the fruit of the Spirit then is tagged onto that humility. Let these scriptures in 1 Timothy 2.14 lead us in prayer right now. First of all, then, I urge you that entreaties and prayers... Petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men and women, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It wasn't my goal for you to agree with everything I said, but it is a goal of mine that we would do more praying than griping and that we would be salt and light everywhere we go. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, please forgive us. Help us see the plank that's in our own eye, Lord God. 
Help us not view our sins as small and insignificant. But Lord, let us be honest with the sin in our own lives. Lord God, we ask that you would help us with anger and bitterness. Anger turning to bitterness and us judging others. We don't know where they come from. We don't know where they, what they grew up in, Lord. Lord, help us turn to prayer more often for those that we disagree. Help us love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And Lord Jesus, we do pray in unity in, in our hearts that the demonic forces that are trying to shape this culture and their in their will and their not in God's will and plan but in their will in the devil's will and plan Lord we we say no not in Shelby County no not in Franklin County Anderson County Henry County stop in Jesus name we come against the deceiving demons the lying demons the perverted demons in Jesus name we are a church and we carry the light of Jesus Christ and we say to the darkness that wants to deceive young people and get put confusion on them and their gender identity and those uh, into drug addiction. We come against those evil lying spirits in Jesus' name. We say, leave darkness. We have, the, have Jesus in us and we command you to leave. Lord, we pray for grace that we will be salt and light everywhere. That no matter what that person believes or what political spectrum they're on, they would be drawn by the light. They would be drawn by the salt. They would be, taste it and say, mm, this is good. Who are you? What are you about? Lord God, may they see the, your compassion in us. Lord, we pray that we will lead a tranquil and quiet life in our neighborhoods, in our communities. Lord, that we would live a, a, a life of, God, of godliness and dignity. Lord, we want to do what's good and acceptable in your sight. Lord, and we believe that it's your will that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we pray, Lord God, for a harvest of souls or, uh, here. We pray for a harvest of souls in Washington, D.C. We pray a harvest of souls in, every, in our capital here in the state of Kentucky and other capitals, Lord. A harvest of souls, Lord. It's, it's your desire that all men and women to be saved. You've paid the price for them, just like you paid the price for us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, Living Waters family and friends. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Everything as it really ought to be. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. May you put your full weight down and rest in the hammock of his smile. Of approval for you. For in Christ Jesus you are approved. May you walk under the warmth of his presence and hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. You are blessed in order to be a blessing.